All right, well, it's good to be with you all this morning. I was just uh, talking with Jeremy, Boris. Um, last summer, uh, I got a call from, from Brad Carpenter, kind of out of the blue of, hey, Matt, I want to get together and talk about something. And he, um, long story short, we sat in my backyard. It was the COVID season. It was about 105 degrees. And we ate some tacos together. Uh, Nick's Taco, if you guys have heard of it. Great tacos right across the street from where we live. But, but talking about the need for us to be in community as pastors and churches, and it's been a delight for me to be connected with Daniel, with Brad, and have the opportunity to come before you and preach. And uh, as we said, I'm, my name is Matt Eswine. I'm a pastor up at Valley Springs Presbyterian Church, and we were blessed to have Brad Carpenter come and preach for us just uh, over a month ago while I was out of town. And it's uh, my turn here to return the favor to bring God's word before you to hear it together. And so let's all stand together and we'll read God's word together. I'll read the, the lines that are printed in the, the plain, then you guys will respond in the verses in bold. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me." I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And you may be seated, and let me uh, pray for us here. O Lord our God, would you speak to us by your word? Would you bring us great joy? Would you bring us new life? Would you bring us flourishing? God, that like those plums that Julie received, that would encourage our hearts, that would bless us, and that we would share with others. Because you are good, your steadfast love endures forever, and you abundantly provide for your people. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So how many of you guys are watching the Olympics right now? Yeah, anybody uh, interested in that? Uh, I turned it on yesterday for the first time. I watched the highlights of the uh, opening ceremony. It was fun to see. Uh, the drones. I heard from a friend this morning. I was over at Valley Springs for the kids section for a moment. That the drones, I don't know if you saw those, that made the, the globe, they were practicing in Folsom. 
the Intel office here, there are people working on it, and so some days they'd be out driving, they'd see the drones up in the distance making the formation, a really amazing thing of lights and of um, forming their way to look like the, the globe and whatnot. But the Olympics are something that are, it's just really fun to see. And, and no matter who you are, I, I feel like there's a desire to, to cheer on your team, your, your country, your, your native land. And whether it be that you are from the U.S., you, you see the image of the eagle, you, you cheer on your team, or that of the Canadians, the maple leaf is their, their image that defines them. They cheer on for their team, similar for uh, the UK, for England, for the lion, Japan, for the rising sun. Whatever country you're a part of, you cheer for this. And what's an interesting note as you look at um, here at John 15 is that the people of God, the people of Israel, the image that they were called to be was a vine. That was something that was meant to stir up in them a sense of, okay, this is the people of who we are. We are a vine connected to the, to the Lord. And what Jesus is, is saying here is, I am the vine that you are connected to. I am the one that you are to experience life flourishing, to, to grow through. And this is, was a reminder to them that even throughout their entire history, the people of God— were to bear fruit, not just for themselves, but for the good of the whole earth around them. This was their calling to be a blessing to nations around them. And this is a, an essential message for us today, too, because I don't know about each of you here. I know that in the Roseville area, in the Sacramento area, there have been a lot of challenging things that have happened to us over these last couple years. Right? If we're honest with ourselves, I think I resonate more with a lopped off branch drying out in the sun or being burned up over this last couple years than I do to a vibrant vine and branch that is bearing fruit. We, we all have faced disconnection, separation from one another. We probably have felt a similar disconnection, separation from the Lord. God, what are you doing in this time? God, are you still providing? Can I still bear fruit when I am not connected to my friends, my family in the way that I was before? When I'm not able to, to connect with my church? I'm so glad that we are here, and I'm glad that we were able to stay connected online throughout this time. But it's been so hard. And I think some of the challenge we have faced is people's connection, their, or their disconnection, I should say, their, their loneliness, dep depression, anxiety, fears— have made us all feel rather dried out. And so when there's a spark of political disagreement, of racial division, of even disagreement of whether it, what team you cheer for, each one of these things just blow up in our faces before we know it, right? And what this text here is, is saying that if, man, if we want to be those who not only survive in the midst of the flames going on around us, but if we want to be those that remain alive but also bear fruit for the good of others, it is dependent upon us abiding in the Lord, for us to remain connected to the true vine, to be those that are receiving the very living waters, the nutrients, the, the new life from the vine. So that again, when people come by, like Julie did, and they see that fruit, they're like, I want to taste some of that. How are you able to stay alive in the midst of the heat, the pain, the sorrows, the struggles that are going on in our lives? 
the freeing thing is it's not by my own power and strength. It's not by me having my life together. It's simply by what, doing what Jesus says here, abiding in him. And apart from doing that, we can't do anything. And so this passage breaks down into a few ways. We'll talk about the gardener, the vine, and then the branches where we'll spend the bulk of our time. And so it's important to begin here that the, in, in chapter 15, verse 1, it, it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. My father is the gardener. And why is this important for us to remember? Um, the vine of Christ was sent by the Father, and the branches, the branches aren't to do whatever they want, right? Who is the one who has planted, who nourishes, who waters? It's the gardener. The Father is the one who has set the purpose for us to bear fruits, to grow. And it's also important for us to, to remember here that he is the one who gets to decide where the pruning happens. He is the one who gets inside of, I want this branch to, to grow more. I'm going to give extra energy here or extra pruning here because this branch needs it. And it's also important to remember here that, that within God's agenda, his desire for us, we might wish that his pruning was for our comfort, but that's not ultimately what God is after. Although that message is proclaimed to us throughout our culture of, to me, Matt, do whatever is comfortable for you. Do what feels good. Is that God's first desire for us? No, his desire is that we would bear fruit. It is for our fruitfulness and for our fruitfulness to reflect the values of his kingdom that are there. And we'll talk more about what that fruit looks like going on, but it's, it's also important to see here that disconnected branches from the vine that are fruitless are, are done away with you know, we live in, in Northern California, and what happens when a bunch of dry branches are gathered together, and there's a spark, right? A, a big fire comes, and an out-of-control fire puts everyone and everything in danger. And, and part of our, our recognition of the, the Father as the gardener is that, okay, he is the one, ultimately, who clears away those dry branches so it does not destroy the vine. And you know, we don't want to get into this too much here, but, but ultimately what's going on is the Lord is making sure that his vine will continue to bear fruit, that he will prune off, we, we mentioned in the prayer, the things of selfishness, of, of pride. He'll prune off um, our impatience, our perhaps our fighting over things that are less significant than our, than our faith in Christ and our hope in him, perhaps our hopes in other things. But he does this why? So that we might flourish and bear fruits. Um, and, and I'll tell you from my, my own experience here, I, I, I think it can be easy for us to see what God wants to prune of someone else before we see what he wants to prune in our lives, right? Man, he over there, he's really impatient. He, you know, I'm going to pray for his patience. Man, she over there, she's so proud, or, or she's jealous. Man, he over there, he gets so distracted on his phone. He doesn't pay attention to his kids, whatever it might be. But are we the ones who are called to prune others? That's not our role. The gardener's role is to prune us and for us to say, Lord, have your will with me. And Lord, help me to see this and be pruned with a sense of gratitude or at least sense of patience or a sense of, okay, God, I don't understand this, 
but may your will be done, and recognize that often this pruning comes in a painful way. Not that the ultimate goal of this is for us to be in pain and hurting, but that we might bear more fruit, that those things that are distracting, cutting off, are going in different ways that the gardener wants us to go are removed from us. So we have the gardener there who prunes us, who removes the, the dry branches, all with the goal of bearing more fruit. We move on to the vine, the, the true vine. The first verse says this, I'm the true vine, Jesus. He is the one that we must be connected to, and we're to remain in him that we might bear, bear fruit. And, and what I'll tell you here is that we can't survive if we are disconnected from the vine. You know, if you take a branch, if you guys on this, it's like when you have a flowers, if you do not, if you cut off a flower and you do not put it immediately in the water, it is amazing how quickly it shrivels up. Even if you put it in water, it only lasts for a few days, a week or two, depending on it. And so once we are con- disconnected from the vine, there's no chance for us. If we are not experiencing, again, the living water, the nutrients, even the design of the, um, the vine to push us where it wants us to go, we cannot grow. And so we are called then um, to abide in the vine, to, to remain connected to the vine as, as the branches. And this is where we'll spend the, um, the bulk of our, of our time here is the key to our fruitfulness is abiding in Christ, and that should be a relief to us. Because how often does it feel like our need to bear fruit is if I just work harder, if I just do more, if I just set my mind upon this thing, then fruit will come. And how often in our lives, at least in my own life, um, I am a, a runner, I enjoy hiking, I enjoy being active. I think, man, if I just work harder, I will improve. And, and in some cases, that happens. In other places, I will push myself too far. I will, you know, my uh, marathon experience is, I've run in two marathons, I've finished one, but I am two for two in needing an IV, all right? <laughs> So th- there's a little bit of an analogy there of like, m- myself is, I, I pushed myself too hard. I did not receive the nourishment as much water. And you know, the first time it was, I was dehydrated. The second time I was overhydrated. I decided, you know, it, marathons are probably too far for me. And you know, I should stick with something smaller like a half marathon. And that's, okay, that's what God called me to do. But there's a sense in which if we are not receiving the, the nourishments, the, the living waters, the, the design, the growth, the connection to the Lord, we will not be able to, to grow. And in this, um, in this same way, it's once we are disconnected from the vine, we are not able to grow. But where I was going is this, this sense of oftentimes with a runner, with physical activity, it's you need to work hard, but you also need to rest well. You need to push yourself, but also recognize your limits. You need to see that, okay, here's what I can do, but also there are things that I cannot do. And there's similar things in our connection to the vine is we, we are called to bear fruit. And I, and I can tell you there are sometimes it's like, but I want to bear fruit like that person over there, or I, want, I wish I was more like that. And what God is saying is, Matt, relinquish control. 
let me bear the fruit that I desire in you. Let my spirit do its work in you and see where that, where that comes out and grows. Don't try and control yourself of, I need to bear fruit in this area. It's, Lord, have your way within me. Stretch me, move me, let me bear fruit. And, and, and also a part of it is, the fruit that God desires for us to bear, again, is not just for ourselves, but it's for our community. It's for those around us to experience the goodness, the beauty, the joy, the refreshment, the nourishment that is, that is there. Um, and, you know, from an example from our, our garden, I, you know, I grew up in Southern California, moved to St. Louis, Missouri, and we had our first garden with my wife. We got married out there. And when you're gardening or have plants in St. Louis, like, if you're not that good at watering, it's not that big of a deal because it rains pretty frequently. In Northern California, in Roseville, if you're not good at watering your plants, they die, right? They, they struggle. Or if you plant, oh, let's plant tomatoes and um, these beans, uh, green beans, whatnot, it's like, um, th they'll both grow. And we learned from a friend of, well, tomatoes love the sun. These beans do not like the sun. They get too hot and they die. It's, oh yeah, if I'm trying to bear fruit that's gonna burn in the light of the sun and the heat, it's foolish for me to do so. Part of what we see is that the, the soil that we are a part of as a people here in Sacramento, Carmichael, Fair Oaks, Roseville, wherever we are, influences the fruit that we'll bear. It's, it's like the, the wine that you, you drink sometimes. It's like the, the soil that is there changes the flavor of grapes. And we're meant to be fruit that is beautiful, that is wonderful, but that specifically is given for this community to fulfill the needs of the community that we are a part of. And so what does it mean for us to, to abide in, the, in Christ, to abide in him? It means to remain, to stay, to continue, to remain connected. Why? That we might stay alive within him. And this means a, a daily, personal, continual relationship with Jesus. Um, the ESV Study Bible says, characterized by these words, by trust, by prayer. And then as the passage goes on, it says obedience there in verse 10 and joy in verse 11. Do we trust that God has given us enough to not only survive in these days, but also to thrive and bear fruit? Do we trust that God has given us enough of himself that we can remain not only loyal, but also joyful, peaceful, patient, the various fruits of the Spirit that we are called to bear. And again, do we believe that that can happen to us as we just simply remain connected to the Lord, as we hop into his word, as we stay connected to his community? And what, what I'll tell you as well here is, um, I wish the pattern of my day reflected more my need to be abiding and nourished by Christ. And, and I'll tell you, it's the seasons of our life change. It, you know, it felt like when I was in college and seminary, it's like, okay, here we go. I'm getting up, I'm gonna, you know, be active, studying God's word. This is gonna be awesome. Uh, got married, still was okay. Then I had kids. And it's like, once you have a few little kids, you know, I used to set what time I would wake up at. I've had to lay that down. I've, I've got three, three girls, age five and a half, three and a half, and almost 11 months. And it's, 
the, the energy I had in the morning, it's gone. You know, the, the, the passion to, man, Lord, I want to seize this day and honor you. It's, Lord, give me grace for today. And, and that's for me as a dad who goes away to work. And then my wife, Sarah, is just like, I don't know how you make it through every day with any sense of joy, of peace, of, of desire to love and care for our kids and go beyond that. But still, in my moments of freedom, I am so easily distracted by looking at the news on my phone, at social media, these other things that I know are not going to give me the nourishment I want, but they'll give me the quick fix of this feels good or I'm looking for something there. And what I realize is, Matt, I could have read at least one verse, and maybe that's okay. I, I could have prayed to the Lord, Lord, give me grace for today. But do I really trust that my nourishment, that my growth comes in connecting to the Lord? Or do I think these other things that I'm looking at can satisfy me, can bring me something? And if I'm fully honest with myself of what my life looks like, it's not the mirror that I want to see. But thanks be to God that it's not about me controlling that situation. I, I am responsible to, to avail myself to the Lord, His grace, to seek to, to love him, to care for him. Um, it, it is interesting here that the, the passage looks at how significant it is for us to obey. If we say we love God, that means it's to be lived out in obedience to him, both when it feels good and it's comfortable and when it's costly for us. But the calling for us is to abide in the love of the Lord and to display that through our connection to his word, through our obedience to his commandments and doing that all out of the love that he has provided for us. We all want to be productive. We all want to do things that matter. We want to see this in our children, our career, our influence, our finances. There's also a, a spiritual God-given desire for us to bear fruit. There is a desire for us to let the goodness of God be shown in our lives. And I think the way in which we, we go about this, the way in which this happens in us is by us praying, Lord, have your will. Lord, be at work within my heart. Lord, help me to love others as you have loved me. Recognizing the love that God has called us to the love that God has empowered to is sacrificial. And it's not by our own strength and it's not by our own power, but it is because we have been so filled with the Lord. And what if people saw, when they, when they, they looked at us, they saw us in our neighborhoods, in our work, in our school, wherever we are, they smelled the goodness. It's like when you're walking up to a, an orange tree, you can smell it from a distance away, the, the, the richness of that aroma what if when they saw the church of Christ, they smelled good fruit? They smelled that, that was there. And, and the other really interesting thing about fruit is if you leave ripe fruit on the vine or on the tree too long, what happens? It rots. Part of what's meant to happen for us as the fruit is for that fruit to be ripened to, to abundance and then to be given out and shared, not to be hoarded onto. Because if we hoard onto it, it rots in our faces. We are meant to give, to spread the aroma of Christ, that love would be seen, would be experienced. And it's, um, 
within one of the, the commentaries, it said, it said this, uh, and John, for you, love is the great apologetic. We may not have all the answers, but if we have love, the fruit of the Spirit, we have all the answers to the ultimate questions. Are people around you asking, am I valuable? Do I matter? Does anyone care? Here comes love. Yes, you are loved. Yes, you are valuable. Yes, you matter. And that's the very love of Christ that we are meant to abide in and the very love that we are meant to show and display. My brothers and sisters, if people around us would say, would see us and see the fruit of our love, how can I experience that love? How can I offer that love? How can I be joyful in this situation? How can I be patient when everyone around me is yelling at me? How can I remain peaceful when it feels like my life is out of control? Abide in the love of Christ. Let his love fill you. Let his peace fill you. And let his joy fill you. This last verse here says, says this, John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Do we really believe that God desires our joy? Do we really believe that he desires for us to enjoy life in this world, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever? Is this what our kids, our neighbors, our friends see in us? Again, if I'm honest, with myself, it's easy to feel disenfranchised, just disenchanted to feel like, I don't know if there's really much hope in this world anymore. I don't know that things will really change. But if we believe that we have the very joy of Christ that he took with, he took with him all the way to the cross, he was forgiving people as he was laying down his life, he rose victoriously. If that is the joy that we have, Nothing can take that from us. Our hope is secure in Christ. Our life is secure in him. If we abide in him, we will experience not just drudgery as we go through our everyday lives, but as we obey, as we seek to follow the Lord, we will be filled with joyfulness and gladness of heart, as is uh, said in Deuteronomy there. And so it's, as you go through this, this week as you encounter the various dry, painful, harsh elements of your lives, my hope for you is that you would remain connected to the vine. That you would say, Lord, would you provide life, not only in me, but life through me to this community? Would you provide fruit in my own life, not only for the good of me, my spouse, my family, my roommate, my friends, whoever I'm around, but also for the world outside of me. And Lord, as I seek to obey you, as I seek to follow you, as I seek to live in your love, would you bring me great joy, a joy that is tangible, a joy that is tasted by others. Why? That they might taste and see that the Lord is good. The Father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches would we remain connected to him that we might have new life, new love, new joy, new peace, new patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all empowered by the Spirit? 
once again that the world might taste and see that the Lord is good. And let us uh, pray together as we close. Lord our God, we thank you that you are the vine and that if we remain connected to you, that we will bear fruit. God, would you fill us with your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Lord, would you give us patience as you prune us. Give us trust in you. And God, as we prepare to take of the, the Lord's Supper, God, would you nourish us from the inside out that we might bear your fruits. Lord, we wish we were in control at some of the, some of the times, but God, we're grateful that you are the one who grows us in the way that you desire. Help us to, to trust in you, we pray. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.